Lots to get into here today. Carly Garner, our uh, first guest, joins us this morning to help us talk commodities. She's the senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. Uh, Carly, good to have you with us. I mentioned uh, the black cloud that's hanging over markets this morning, this week, this month, this year, one could argue. I mean, uh, sentiment in general as well as waning. And uh, at the top of the show, that was uh, the point I was trying to bring. But there's also a major black cloud over Florida, and it's impacting commodities. We've got crude oil hanging out around $80 a barrel. Talk to us about the implications of Hurricane Ian. Uh, I think the hurricane will offer some support to crude oil. That tends to be the pattern. Unfortunately, a lot of times, well, more often than not, after the hurricane passes, prices relax a little bit. But in this particular environment, we're just, there's so many moving pieces. The hurricane yeah. normally would be the biggest story that we're talking about. Right now, it's kind of like on the back burner, mm -hmm. like, well, we're paying attention, but that's not what we're focusing on. The real story, in my opinion, and when it comes to crude oil, well, there's two of them. Uh, Chinese demand, okay. which uh, if that comes back online, and that's a big if, but I think uh, probably more likely than not, I think they're finally starting to realize maybe their po COVID policies are, are doing more harm than good. That said, the U.S. dollar is the, the primary factor. Okay. I, I was looking at some correlations prior to this interview, and it's really actually very stunning how correlated everything has begun. Uh, the U.S. dollar, treasuries, uh, crude oil, gold, is our base and, and the S and P are basically 91% negatively correlated. That means if the dollar goes up, the other assets that I just mentioned will settle lower 91% of the time over the last 30 or so days. So I mean the correlations are just off the charts crazy. So we're looking at the dollar in order to get relief in other markets. For example, crude oil going up, treasuries going up, and uh, maybe the stock market staving off some set more selling, we need the dollar to roll over. And the number we're looking at is 113.40. That's trend line resistance. It's a trend line that dates back about three or four years. And we're up above that at the moment, but you know how markets are, especially in this environment, they're really messy. So we're not counting on a full-on breakout yet, but if we close above 113.40 on a weekly basis, so on Friday's close, that confirms a breakout. And that would be really awful news for basically all other risk assets uh, and treasuries. If we close below that, we might have some uh, swing in the pendulum that works the other way. So it's really touch, touch and go this week. You know, it's interesting, Carly, uh, to hear you say that uh, it's a dynamic environment that echoes comments we've been making. And uh, to the point here, when you're the hurricane ultimately is, is one of these uh, sort of below the surface uh, uh, stories, I think it goes without saying. And as you were bringing those points to our attention, we actually pulled up a dollar chart. Uh, crude chart. You can see basically since the beginning of June, a very well-defined uh, inverse correlation. I'll pull a longer-term dollar chart to get that trend line up that you were talking about. But, uh, you know, as far as the demand destruction that the hurricane creates, you know, we always talk about, okay, so you have to rebuild at some point as well. Uh, ultimately, that surge. I mean, in many ways, this sort of balances out. So uh, you mentioned Hong Kong or China lifting some of those travel restrictions, it seemed like was the focus this week as far as Hong Kong and some of the decisions there. Uh, talk to us about, uh, again, the other factor that we've been hearing a little bit about uh, is this Nord Stream 2 pipeline and, well, the sabotage, apparently, these holes that have been punctured into it, already a complex situation going on between Russia and Ukraine. This uh, seems to impact things and only kind of uh, add to them. It's it's messy, it's emotional, and it's tragic for, for anybody that's exposed to that uh, situation. Fortunately for the U.S., here in the like, there's two natural gas markets. Um, the natural gas prices in the U.S. have stayed elevated because we everybody looks overseas and they see what's going on in Europe and and they see uh, natural gas prices going up, and so the U.S. market has kind of somewhat followed. 
That said, we can only export so much natural gas just because of the process of liquefying and exporting, and they, they have to be able to receive it through terminals, and the infrastructure is not there yet. Also in the U.S., we're near record at or near record production of natural gas in the U.S. So here in the U.S., we don't have nearly the supply issue. In fact, we don't have a supply issue at all in the, in the U.S. And the fortunate thing is the Freeport LNG, uh, the Freeport, I'm sorry, the, the LNG port that's been shut down for several months is slated to open mid-November, and that's a big if. But even if it does, that gives us about two months to build inventories here before we can export any more natural gas. And we're also at a time of year where uh, weather tends to be mild. We're past the hot summer months, and we're going into winter, which is uncertain. But this is a mild time of year, so I'm hoping we can build some inventories, get prices down. In natural gas, we're looking at the 650 area. It's basically there now. If it breaks below 650, $4 is possible. I know that sounds uh, wildly impossible at this point, but trust me, it can happen. We've seen it before in natural gas. It's really a boomer bust market, and it feels to me like we've got a couple of months of potential busts. So be really careful if you're trying to buy into natural gas in the US, thinking that what's going on in Europe is going to help you out, because it probably won't in the short run. In the long run, it will. You know, to that point here, uh, Carly, I really like when you come on because you do sort of remind us to not get too kind of weighted in one direction or the other. And the fact that in these energy markets, commodities in general, we oftentimes see that snap back. And, you know, uh, you mentioned, I remember back in, uh, you know, March, February, when we saw that spike to 130. And as we were coming off, you talked about, well, basically the, the duration of the war on Ukraine being a major factor to watch. And as we see it kind of drawn out here, obviously it adds to the complexities of that. I wanted to move away away from energies a little bit here, though, and uh, talk gold, because you mentioned the direct uh, inverse correlation that we've seen as far as crude oil and the U.S. dollar. I mean, one could argue a very similar pattern playing out in gold. Absolutely. The correlation between the dollar and gold is 91 percent as well. Okay. Uh, a negative correlation, obviously, the dollar goes up, gold goes down. So in my view, this is kind of distorted, the price discovery process in gold. And I think that it's probably leading to a situation where we have pent up demand. And what I mean by that is speculators in gold, large speculators tend to be perpetually long. They're very rarely short, if not ever short. They're always long. It's just how long are they? According to the COT report, they're sitting on the smallest net long position, almost a neutral position than we've seen in years. And on previous occasions, when speculators in gold have liquidated most of their longs, that's usually when the biggest rallies start to emerge. And it's because everybody moves to the sideline. And then once they see prices stabilize, they start putting money back to work in gold and prices get pushed up uh, quite nicely. Now, from a charting perspective, there's two trend lines we're looking at, so, and it's uh, basically between 1620 and about 1580, give or take. I mean, these are messy markets, so these are round numbers. But somewhere in the next 40 or $50 is, in our view, according to the chart and according to what we see on the COT report, there's a very high probability of some sort of very meaningful low uh, that we could get a, a nice rally. In fact, we could break the downtrend and, and go much, much higher gold. But it all depends on what happens with the US dollar, of course, and the next 40 or $50 on the downside in gold. But uh, be ready. Things what what's going on today is temporary. I mean, it feels like it's tragic and it's going to last forever. But prices are always temporary. It's volatile, but things will eventually swing the other way. So be prepared uh, for the for the opposite narrative going into the next couple of weeks. We were just looking at gold uh, down to 1622.20 in the overnight session. And uh, if we could just pull this chart here real quick, because uh, to the point. 
Gold coming off from 2078 to 1620, 20, 1622.20, try and say that 10 times fast, coincides with the move we've seen uh, basically since the end of uh, uh, February in the dollar from 96 up to 114. And Carly, I promise that longer term chart here, as you can see, the big move off the uh, 121 high that we saw down to 71 as the dollar has been clawing its way back again, taking out some key areas on the way up here uh, to this 115. Well, nearing the 115 handle, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, as you remind us not to do Carly and we appreciate that lots to get into this morning didn't even get to touch on grains and uh, some of the other metals in terms of what copper is telling us right now I think we should be watching that very closely as well Carly always appreciate you joining us here and thanks for sharing part of your Wednesday with us Carly Garner joins us from D Carly trading